0: Hello, everybody. You are listening to Joyfully You Podcast, and today is a very special day. So we have a special guest here. Go ahead and introduce yourself.
1: Hi, um, I'm Kelsey Furlong,
0: and I am a success coach for creative female entrepreneurs with anxiety. Ooh. So as you guys know, I brought her onto the show because we share the same first name. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) So Kelsey and I found each other through the worldwide web of Instagram, and so much of our story is so similar and she has some insights from her own journey that she's gonna be sharing with you guys today and I know anxiety is a topic that so many of us struggle with but we don't always have an outlet of how to talk about it how to process it and how to get through it while also maintaining the other things in our life so what is what has been your
1: journey with anxiety and in your own job and in life Yeah. Okay. Well, um, it's a lot, you know? Um, so what I do right now is I, I, I'm sort of coaching through what I, my own experience, right? So I help women overcome their anxiety and overwhelm with a combination of mindset work and productivity training so that they can create success and manage the demands of running a business and everything that life throws at us. Um, and so this all kind of started when I was young, very young. In fact, my, my journey with anxiety started when I was, I don't know, probably 10. Um, I went to the ER for the first time around that time. Um, I was hyperventilating (laughs) and, you know, I was having a panic attack and, you know, they said, well, she's hyperventilating and that was that. And they gave my mom some pills and I have no idea what that was. And they told me to breathe into a paper bag and, but there was no discussion of why, You know, and I mean, it was the 90s and nobody was talking about it. It wasn't a thing yet, I guess. I don't know. But I was just really struggling and that kind of continued and it grew and um, through high school and college, um, which I did not finish because I was just paralyzed. It was a lot of ups and downs and all arounds with anxiety and depression, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, eating disorders, you know. All the things that kind of the gamut. Um, I also had a diagnosis diagnosis as bipolar at one point, which was not true, um, and I, I identified that. But you know, I was really misguided, and I was just looking for answers. Yeah, I that really, kind of desperate really
0: look of just kind of reaching out, reaching out. And so, yes. just for so for all of you guys listening, Kelsey has an extensive career in the beauty industry, and so. Tell us a little bit about what that was like transitioning into working in beauty. There's such like this high level of comparison and, you know, everyone's wanting to be the best. How did that play in with your anxiety and, and your journey of,
1: of t- getting, getting in control of it? Yeah. Um, you know, this is something that I really couldn't identify until I was like two years out, like out of the thick of the industry. And I swear to you, my therapist begged me for years to get out of the industry and I was like no no I can't like I'm so invested and also like I don't know what else I can do and um it was it, it and the thing is you it's very hard to recognize when you don't have clarity you know that we are so kind of wrapped up in yeah like the superficiality and the the perfectionism and the comparison and that is is so driving for anxiety and it's so driving for and the whole point of the industry, right, is to help other women, well, people, but specifically women, like, feel awesome about themselves. <laughs> and, like, you know, and, and frankly, like, I believed that I was doing that. And in many ways, I was. But I was, again, I was, like, having these major ups and downs, and I was, like, making progress in my career, and I was getting these jobs that, like, I they were everything I thought I wanted, and they were jobs that a lot of people want, and... I was really good, you know, but I was having these major ups and downs and like, I couldn't figure out why I couldn't figure out, like, why am I, I was self-sabotaging and I couldn't figure out like, why can't I get out of bed in the morning? And why do I just not care? And what it was, is I just kept falling in and out of alignment with my purpose. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, we know alignment or maybe yeah, people how don't would,
0: know. how would you <laughs> describe, like, I have a way that I describe alignment. So I'd love to hear what is your definition of
1: alignment? So for me, it's like everything that you believe, everything you think, everything you say and do matches your vision and your purpose, right? And I believe that that's where success comes from. When you are in alignment, and it's not just about staying in alignment, right? Because the other thing is we can get into alignment and find success and then fall right back out. And that's what I was experiencing. And at the time, I I couldn't identify, but it was my subconscious, right? And I had all these beliefs about myself and what was capable. And about how much happiness I could handle. And so, and it's so sneaky, right? And fear is so sneaky. <laughs> and <laughs> um, and I really thought I knew all of these things, but consciously, yes, subconsciously, not so much. So I just, despite having like the best intentions and setting goals and I was going to therapy and I was like reading books and I was like doing everything that I could think of or that I was being told to do to get it to fucking stick. Mm-hmm. And it never was, you know, I'd have like a year's, a year and a half of like tons of success and making progress and making more money and then just be like, what is this? Like, what the fuck am I doing? You know, you and feeling unsatisfied completely. And that is something that I hear very consistently from from women in the industry that approach me, like, I need help. And I think what it is is like we really were so affected by the message that we have to look or be a certain way to be perfect you know, and to be beautiful.
0: What would you say to the women that maybe are experiencing that right now? Like that unreachable level of perfectionism and never feeling enough. So
1: for me, it's all in the mindset and you have to be able to be unaffected because we live, you know, we live in a system where it's very dollars driven and money is, is not a bad thing at all. In fact, money is quite lovely when you have it, you can make bigger impact, right? Because you're not worried about it all the time. But we're getting this message from the corp- from corporate because it is all about the dollars for them. And so when you are unaffected or when you're affected by that, what happens is you get distracted by the message and you lose sight of the actual purpose, which is about serving. It's not about selling because what actually sells better than like selling is serving and it's <laughs> connections, right? And it's like, really empowering people. And it's about that, like, just really, um, it's connections, you know? And um, so you have to get to a point in your mind where you are unaffected by what is going on around you. Mm. And that's where the really good stuff comes. Mm. And that's where you can stay really aligned with your purpose and never lose sight of it and avoid having so, so many of those ups and downs. What if people
0: that are listening are like, I have anxiety because I don't know my purpose.
1: Okay, yeah. Well, same for a very long time. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, frankly, that was, I, I really believe that so much of anxiety is driven by just being out of alignment. And it's by resisting your actual purpose and not taking action on it because your subconscious beliefs are completely blocking you. And again, like I, I knew all of these things consciously and I thought that I got them you know, and on the surface, absolutely. Mm-hmm. The subconscious is like so good at like swooping in and not, knocking you on your ass just when things get really good, right? And so- For the people that are listening, can you explain, how would you define, an, like what's an example of a conscious belief
0: and a subconscious belief? You know, because what
1: are so, they doing in? They don't know. Okay, so conscious is like, like, okay, so like all the memes we see, right? And And like, okay, so- I don't know what's a good example. I'm trying. I'm, to, I'm I'm try, I was I,
0: just thinking of a book um, called "You Are a Badass," and I, the, one of them was um, the conscious belief was I'm going to start working out. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to get a great butt, and then like the subconscious belief was working out is hard. It hurts. I've never been able to do it before. Am I going to be able to do it this time?
1: Yes. Yes. So like, those are those like untruths that are programmed in to our ego, which is our subconscious, which the whole purpose of the ego is to keep us playing small because that's that like primitive definition of safe. So you you mean ego
0: isn't just like showing your muscles and like,
1: it's ego isn't just men. (laughs) Right. So it drives me crazy because like, oh God, I just had a guy tell me I had a big ego and I was like, well, you definitely don't get it. So, um, I was like, yeah, okay. See you. Um, so the ego in pop culture, like, yeah, it's all about like, oh, you got a big ego, right? Like you're arrogant or you think so highly of yourself, but like in the, in the psychology sense of the term, in the Freudian sense, like simply put the ego is the most primitive part. You know, And it is supposed to keep us, quote, safe. But and, and the cool thing is, and this was life-changing for me, is that you don't have to listen to it. You actually get a, you get a say in what thoughts you, you listen to and what thoughts you choose. Mm-hmm. And it takes some work, and you've got to get self-aware, and that's how you're going to become unaffected. But you have to know, you have to really be able to identify what's going on in the back of your brain so that you can say, You know what I'm choosing not to listen to this and there's a process and there's some work that goes into this But it's it's really liberating when you realize that like there's all this bullshit going on in your brain That was programmed there as the truth when you were young like before you had a filter Before you were able to question anything that went in And don't get me wrong. Like I was angry going through this process I was mad at everyone that I had grown up around and then I got to realizing that like this is just Evolution This is how it works. Every generation is getting a little bit broader perspective. We're learning a little bit more and it is up to us to evolve ourselves. Hmm.
0: Wow. That speaks so like that truth speaks to me because evolve. That's something that, you know, I have a Facebook group that's called evolve and it's for business minded women. And I specifically, I love that word. Because that's like us shifting and changing and evolving. Because then it makes us not feel so
1: stuck that we don't have to be a certain way the rest of our life, one hundred percent, right? Like, and for me, it's kind of the the purpose of humanity. Like, we're not supposed to stay the same. Like, staying the same causes decay mentally and physically. You know, when you stay stuck in one place, nothing good ha- comes from that. And that was something that I really focused on in my process of like getting over my anxiety was like getting really good at change and getting really good at being uncomfortable. And I put myself in like all sorts of situations where I just knew that it was going to be hard. In fact, that's why I travel.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So, so, uh, so you are currently in Vienna, Austria right
1: now, right? Actually, I didn't tell you this, but I'm in Bratislava right now. See, Slovakia. oh
0: my goodness. You guys, <laughs> see, Kelsey has been traveling all over while maintaining her business and being able to really explore the depths of different cultures. What is the name of it again? Slovakia. Oh,
1: so Slovakia. It, yeah, yeah. So it's a former like Czechoslovakia, right? It's sort mm-hmm. of next to Austria and, and the Czech Republic. Um, and Bratislava is lovely.
0: Nice. And so what brought you there? What is it? You're there, you're meeting all these new people. How did that happen?
1: Um, okay. So this trip specifically, I I've actually, I was traveling with my very best friend who I've known my entire life. She's like my soul sister and, or one of them, I guess, but the ultimate one. And, um, yeah. And we both have done a lot of traveling. I've traveled solo. She traveled with another partner. Um, And we have had both of us intense personal growth over the last few years. And we kind of came back center together and realized that we have this opportunity because she's also an entrepreneur to, um, take this really epic journey together. And I, well, we were going to do India, but we weren't quite sure we were ready for the challenge of India together yet. Um, because we were both like just really solidifying, you know, being able to like have this partnership. So, um, Mm -hmm. we decided to do Eastern Europe and we primarily spent time in the Balkans. We started in Vienna because the flight was quite inexpensive. We got a one way for only like three hundred dollars. Mm. Um, and then we, yeah, we just traveled kind of down the through um, like ex Yugoslavia and back up. And um, she left about a week and a half ago. And I decided to stay because something that's super important to me is solo travel. And I started traveling alone last year. I went to. Um, South America for like the third time. Um, but I went alone for three months. And wow. yeah, and I, I do that because um, I, so it's, it's kind of twofold. So like I said, I, I had this mission to like get really good at being uncomfortable because I realized that I was one person when I was by myself and another person when I was in company.
0: And mm. especially
1: in like a dating situation, I would just kind of disappear. I was like very, very insecure at my core and I didn't recognize it but I was. And so when I did, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do everything I can to get over this. And, and I, <laughs> so actually my friend that I was traveling with one time, we tried to go to New York, like, I don't know, in her twenties for a weekend. And it was like epically disastrous. And she said to me one time, she goes, Kelsey, you really don't like to look like a tourist, do you? And that stuck with me like metaphorically for everything. Like, no, mm-hmm. I did not want anyone to know that I didn't know what I was doing like ever. <laughs> and so, yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to look like a tourist. I'm going to like 100% expose myself because I want to be the same person when I'm by myself as when I am with another person. I never want to like disappear again. And wow. so I That's went. With this mission, yeah, with this mission to just like figure it out, you know, and, and become unaffected and get so strong that like nothing that happened to me made me break out and. In- a panic attack or the hot sweats or or you know like um all of the physical stuff the heart racing all of that that came with that perceived pressure when i was like swimming with anxiety so that was one part and then the other thing that stuck with me is when i was having my treatment for fibromyalgia at the mayo clinic i learned about a lot about the brain and i learned about neuroplasticity and the fact that we can actually reprogram how our brains work by doing things differently And so this doesn't have to be anything big. Like sometimes when I'm home, I'll wash my dishes with my left hand as opposed to my right hand because I have to pay more attention. I have to slow down. I have to be more present with it. And because I think it's doing a favor to my brain. Wow, that is so interesting. Yeah, yeah. So like some people think I'm weird, but you know what? I think I'm onto something. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Anything I can do to just be more present, right? Just slow it down and be careful. I'm a very intentional person. So I, you know, and I, what kind of spurred all of this for me was that my life kind of fell apart all at once. Like I lost my job. I got dumped by a really amazing guy. I didn't have a place to live. I had crap going on at home with my family and I needed to move back to Ohio. And I was like, you know what? Like this is, I'm tired of this. Like this is never happening again. So I was really dedicated to making it all happen very quickly. So I said, okay, what better to do than go somewhere where everything is different to change my brain? Like not just doing things differently, but like going where nothing is the same. And you you cannot be on autopilot when you're in a place where you don't know anything and where the language is different, right? And where everything looks different and smells different and, and sounds different. And so um, I left and um, I struggled with some guilt for a while because I know that that is an opportunity that a lot of people don't always get. But I've learned so much since then, and I, like I said, it doesn't have to be big things. It can be little things that just are massively impactful over time. They add up to just crazy changes, um, and it happens a lot sooner. It happens very quickly once you get going. Mm-hmm. It's just getting momentum. You know, it's it's all starting small and like pulsing out, and just stretching.
0: Yeah, definitely. And something, and I totally can relate with you about the guilt of being of feeling like well. I'm traveling. I'm so privileged. I actually experienced like guilt afterwards because when I first started traveling, I was so shocked at how easy it actually was and how I let it be this big mystery of like, I wonder how I could be able to travel. I wonder how I could be able to figure it out. And like the first time I ever heard about teaching English, someone told me, oh, that's only in Asia. In my mind, I just said, oh, okay, it's only in Asia. Well, I guess I can't do that. Yeah. And then I'm then come to find out like, I, you can teach English anywhere. You know there, there's all these different ways, and it's so easy just to accept the first answer we get and let that be truth. And I and the other thing I love that you mentioned that you can't be on autopilot in a new country because that is so huge. That that shift of having to be a little uncomfortable because you're like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. What's that food menu? Like what's <laughs> that food item on the
1: menu? I'm going to order it. I have no idea what it is, but yes. like the best. <laughs> you have to let go of control, right? Like sometimes you, it doesn't, there's this huge shift in perspective because you, you can't have control when you can't have control. Like you get what you get, unless you want to be like kind of an asshole and tell the the waiter that they didn't bring you what you wanted, even though that's what you ordered. You just eat, <laughs> right. And so it really is. It's very freeing actually. And sometimes it's hilarious. I ordered a a salad in Argentina, um, one day and it literally said carrot salad on the menu. I mean, I speak Spanish, but I was like, okay, it's probably like lettuce and carrots and eggs. No, it was literally like shaved carrots and hard boiled eggs. And I was like, (laughs) all right, I'm eating carrots for lunch, you know, like what I get. So that is so funny. So how (laughs) does
0: it, for you, what has been the connection of deciding to let your anxiety go and letting control go because for a lot of people they feel anxious because they don't feel in control.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that was definitely a big thing for me. It was like not feeling any control, feeling powerless. Um and a lot of that again, that's that subconscious stuff. Um a lot of it is is programmed in from our society. Um and so for me it was like just finding a purpose and like a bigger picture and and something that i'm contributing to and for me that is evolution and i think that we all have this obligation to just keep making things better right and like mm. it's also for me about serving uh, again i go back to that because i just one i don't want anyone else to have have anxiety it's not a fun thing to to have it's a yucky place to be it's very real it's I was very, very sick, you know, for a really long time. And I'm not discounting that anyone has it, but we also have a way to get out of it. And it's, it's hard when you can't see, you know, when you don't have clarity, when you're like swimming in mental fog and you're like in the hamster wheel and the rat race. And, you know, you think it, you believe you have to hustle and like do this and do that and all these things. And you're trying to be all the things and do all the things. And you, you're like in it. It's very, very hard to see more than like 10 feet in front of you. Right. But yeah. as you start to just make, you just okay. So you look ahead at that ten feet, and you make a decision about where you want to be ten feet from now, and and everything starts to broaden and starts to widen when you do that, and eventually you get to a point where you can see a little further. And so, it was just really for me. It was about making a decision. It was not optional for me to go back to the way it was before, and I knew that like maybe what I was doing wasn't going to work, but I had to do something different.
0: Wow. Well, I'm so happy for you and the journey that you've been on and now being able to help other people with this exact same thing. You know, anxiety for me has been an interesting thing because I've only experienced anxiety as labeled as anxiety this year. And this is the first year of having a business. And so I've been humbled and understand by by being able to understand
1: what other people experience all the time. Yeah. Well, and that's... Mm-hmm. Well, that's one of the major reasons that I actually just shifted my business. So I was primarily working with salon professionals. And I realized that what I really want to be doing is helping other creative entrepreneurs or want to be entrepreneurs like myself. I had this business idea like a solid four years prior to actually getting it to be able to launch it. Um, but every time I would try, every time I would even turn on a podcast about it, my brain would just go apeshit. And I had all of these reasons why I couldn't handle it. And that was part of my story, you know, and, um, that's when, you know, when everything fell apart, I was like, okay, I have an opportunity here. I need to make this happen. So, uh, isn't that funny how, when things break down and like, we feel like we're in
0: breakdown that we have the breakthroughs.
1: (laughs) Yeah, totally. I love that so much. It's so true. And I just, I, the anxiety thing, like we don't have to live in struggle. We don't have to live with all these things. That's why you know, one of the, the first things I actually did in my process was learn productivity skills. And because I knew that I want, I wanted this business so bad and it looked so different when I started the plan, it was all business strategy. Um, it has really just shifted into this because I realized like, this is my zone of genius. This, is, this is what I'm meant to do is to help people get out of that. You know, people like myself who had, I knew I had more to give, but I was just like, I, I can't. And, um, so really like setting up with the productivity tools, being able to manage everything that life throws our way internally and externally so that we can stay out of the struggle and stay out of the hustle. Like I don't hustle because when I, when I think that I have to hustle, my brain goes crazy. Mm-hmm. So I, I just flow and I stay in alignment and, and I just, I check myself when I start to worry or feel like pulled a million directions. It's usually because I'm not in alignment and It's usually because I've hit a limit and it's time to level up. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And for me, when I get anxiety, it's
0: because I've set really high, unrealistic expectations on the day. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking about the long term business goals and how I can get it right now. And like, luckily, I have shifted out of that of realizing, hey, things take time and kind of accepting with myself that I'm in it for the long game that I'm committed yeah. to this for the rest of my life. And that really is a huge release of anxiety. And, and, and also too, like, what about for people that if they're experiencing anxiety about something they want to do, but they just haven't done it, you know, like having something weigh on you? Like for me, I've noticed that people, when they take action, it starts to
1: dissolve anxiety because then oh, you completely. get solid proof of what that looks like. Well, like I said, fear is so sneaky and I I really think fear is the root of like so much and, and especially with anxiety, right? Because it holds us back. It keeps us in place and it's very hard to identify, um, until you really start listening. And so, yeah, I think like part of that too, is that insecurity. (laughs) And so, and, and a lot of people have this backwards. They think that, okay, when I'm confident, I will do this thing, Right but it's, it's the other way around. Um, action actually creates confidence. So taking tiny, tiny baby steps, like making these like really seemingly small things, like just changing the way you say things. So I, I, I am very conscious of my words and I'm like this with my clients when they say like, well, I should, I, I will immediately correct them because I think the word should is very shaming. And so watching what you say, like, do you need to do it? Do you want to do it? you know, there's a, there's a difference. And same thing. I I don't say I'm busy. I just did an Instagram story about this because when I say that I'm busy, something flips in my brain, right? So it's, it's little things where you're just like, okay, how do I want to be or what do I want to be? And then what little tiny things will add up to get me there?
0: Hmm. Yeah. What
1: am I capable
0: of doing today? Completely.
1: Well, let me ask you this because something you just said resonated with me. So, um, as far as your anxiety goes, would you say that you you get wrapped up in like the how? Because you've got these big picture ideas, and I'm very similar. Um, I get really, really big ideas. I'm very big thinking, and then my ego steps in and is like, "Whoa, whoa, that's too much!" Like, okay, it's it's got to be perfect. Like, do you do you get stuck in the how? Oh, for sure. And like yeah. the
0: the I can like. Specifically, remember three different times. Like, one was with actually with my friends, one was in a coffee shop, the other was at another coffee shop where I'm by myself. The other two times where I'm working, doing stuff, and I'm getting all of these downloads from God and all these ideas of what the big picture is. And then all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute, but how am I? But yeah, how? how am I going to create this right now? And it's my impatience that has caused my anxiety. And when all of a sudden I take a deep breath and say, wait a minute, what would be the very first step if this was a long-term goal? What would be the first step? And that's where the self-love for me comes in of not setting such high unrealistic expectations and just saying, hey, you're doing a great job, Kels. Like I have to give myself these pep talks all the time of like, hey, it's all right. <laughs> you know, yeah. that first step is the first step. And, and it's a cliche term, but it helps me all the time is Rome was not built overnight. And I do want Rome. So I have to be willing to, to be a part of the long haul.
1: Absolutely. And that also really resonates with me because that was something that really was, you asked me, um, what like kind of the shifts were like, what some of my, like the things that really helped me have uh, a connection with the bigger picture, you know, and, and that was deciding that I was no longer going to be looking at the short term. It was the long term. And so like one of the things I did, um, when I, when everything fell apart was I moved back to Ohio and how I, how I got through it. Well, there were two things. So the first one was I had a mantra that it was short-term sacrifice for long-term gain, and I have since reframed that because I'm actually really loving living in my hometown now. With, I have a different, totally different perspective, right? But the other thing was I would pretend that I was in a movie. <laughs> so I, you know, I said I, I like, I decided that I was going to expose myself. I was going to be the same on the outside as I am on the inside, and never hide it again. And I just had to find coping mechanisms to allow myself to do that. So I would just walk down the street dancing with my headphones in, just pretending that I was like the quirky heroine in a movie, you know? And so just finding like little techniques to be able to stay out of the how and out of the like the tedious stuff that doesn't matter, right? Just be yourself.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's great. That's really cool. Because I'm sure that I, I a lot of the people that listen to uh, Joyfully You podcast are in Central California. And a lot of people aren't. You know, there's a lot of people all over the world that have been tuning in, but specifically the people that are are in Central California understand what it feels like to be a part of a small town where everyone knows each other. And there's always two ways you can look at that, whether it can be really confining and worried that everyone knows everything or the opposite, community, really expansive having a family, having a, a, a group of people to help support you. And so, I mean, that's that's something that came to mind, thinking about letting ourselves get uncomfortable in an environment we
1: really, really know. Yes, completely. Finding ways to get uncomfortable. Yeah, it's hard to do when you're breaking the mold, right? And um, when you know that... Someone can see you, you know. Someone that knows knows you or knows your family or like has this idea maybe of who you are because they knew you in school or or whatever. And I, now I'm like, whatever. I'm 34, you know, and I I've done all these things and I am who I am. I'm just this like ball of energy. So here <laughs> That's I am. Awesome. That's <laughs> you know? awesome. I'm not sorry about it anymore.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Good, because the world needs more people like you that are willing to just say, here I am, here I am. Yeah.
1: yeah. And um, it's not always easy. <laughs> you know, no. it's not always perfect.
0: Well, and that's the thing is <laughs> my friend was like, I'm not a perfectionist. I never do anything perfect. And that's like the core definition of a perfectionist of never really feeling like it's good enough. And just kind of like those moments of getting messy and laughing at ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> So for the final, I have like a final question that I want to ask. And if you were to get into the mindset of when you're in like the height of your anxiety, or maybe even just like recognizing, holy crap, this is not good. I have anxiety. Um, What are some like reprogramming of your words, like how, w- how do you wish you could have changed your words? Were there any like particular affirmations or sentences that you, that you wish you would have had then to help guide you?
1: Well, there were a couple that I, that I picked up along the way, like kind of before that did stick with me. And so, um, well, let's see, specific words, uh, I eliminated should. I'm also very careful um, and I, I will always correct people when they say I feel like instead of I think. So there's a distinct difference between thoughts and feelings. Mm. And it's critical. That's Um, like every single sentence I start off is
0: normally like, well, I feel like, because I'm a feeler, everything that I do is all about feeling. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Yep. And um, not everything you do is a feeling. You know, your your thoughts affect your feelings. And Mm -hmm. so that was a really big one. Um, Something that really helped me was that uh, the best way to forget how you think you feel is to remember what you know. You know. Wow, that was really powerful for me. That got me through a lot of shit.
0: Mm. Did all of a sudden you realize you didn't have proof of why you had anxiety? Yeah.
1: Well, it was just like you know I have all these like racing thoughts about like catastrophes and like well what if and like well what if I can't do this or you know how am I going to do this and like. I just had to really refocus on like what was in front of me, like what the facts were, what was tangible in those moments um, in order to just like take a deep breath and be present and not get too far ahead with the feelings because our feelings are not always, they're not always accurate. Mm. A lot of times our feelings come from those limiting beliefs. They come from the ego. Uh
0: Uh-huh. I totally can relate with that, like trying to drop in. Because for a minute, that kind of like triggered me. I could tell. Because I I got into my head. I'm like, well, I was just thinking last night, like what is the most important thing to me? And the most important thing to me is how I feel. I want to feel good doing what I'm doing, regardless of what it is that I'm doing. If I don't feel good, that's my internal compass. Well, let me say
1: this to you. You can actually manipulate your feelings when you change your thoughts and your beliefs, mm. that's where mindset work comes in. So when people say to me, well, I have no control over how I feel. I don't buy it. I think it's bullshit. I agree. I can actually control how I feel about something by changing my mind.
0: hmm I love that connection. And maybe that's something that I don't verbalize is that I've done so much extensive work in emotional intelligence that I do know how to shift. If I'm not feeling well, it normally is because the forefront of my focus is something that doesn't make me feel good. There you go. So changing the forefront of my focus. And so maybe I guess the number one thing to me is making sure I feel good.
1: Yeah, I like that. And that, see, those are just, that's another reframe, right? Like we, I think we really owe it to ourselves and frankly, we owe it to humanity to be really self-aware and to just be checking in with ourselves on those types of types of things.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow. That's beautiful. I love that because there are a lot of people that are not, they aren't, uh, emotional based. I mean, even just thinking about like personality tests, people that are more feelers and people that are more perceivers or more, um, judgment, not, not judgmental, but they're more looking at facts in front of them as, uh, Creating a judgment of which one will be the best based off of critical thinking and thought and logic mm-hmm. So
1: that kind of right brain left brain, you know, the logic versus the, the feelings Well, that's totally me. I'm I'm totally a thinker. I'm I'm an ENT that. ENTJ, so I and I really struggled with that, um, because I'm also very creative So again, that's a little <laughs> bit of that internal <laughs>
0: I love this combination. You're an ENTJ. I'm an ENFP. So it's like the feeler, perceiver, the thinker, (laughs) the judgment. Like it's such a a cool combination because it's the opposite spectrum. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. I think we have a nice balance here. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have any like words or reframes that help get you unstuck? Even like today, you're in the midst of your success. You're traveling. You are helping people. You're coaching. You're serving. On the days that you that your mind is taking you down a rabbit hole or you start to sense that something's coming up. What do you do?
1: Yeah. So I've actually been experiencing that a lot in the last week. I've been hitting some limits, um, like hitting some serious walls and, um, I write and I, I write out. And it, sometimes it's the same thing that I've written a thousand times, but I write out what kind of person I want to be. Mm, wow. That and, is so beautiful it reminds me exactly what I'm, what I'm working for. Because again, I'm so dedicated to my actions matching who I want to be. I want to be somebody healthy. I want to be somebody honest. I want to be somebody who hits the pavement instead of sits in my hotel room and wallows or worries. You know what I mean? So I write it out and that reminds me, I'm a, I'm a pretty strict journaler.
0: Nice. I, I'm a big fan of journaling. I recommend that to anyone who needs to get out of their head. Because for me, being such a feeler, such a perceiver, and very empathetic, it is so easy to just get lost up in there. I mean, Completely. we all have those voice. We all have a voice and an inner narration that's going twenty four seven. And so, I love that. That is what helps pull you out of it, and it's definitely what pulls me out of my head and back into my heart
1: as well. As well, journaling. and I want to say this and I just interrupted you, but I, because I, again, journaling is something that has and writing in general has always been so critical for me, but it has always been the very first thing to go when I am hitting my limits and when my anxiety gets high. And that is because my ego comes in and is like, Nope, this is good for you. We're not doing it. And mm. that's a little more self-sabotage. So something I became very aware of. So now I'm like, nope, every single night, this is non-negotiable. I built a very strict habit around it.
0: Oh, what, what other strict habits do you have in your evening ritual
1: or your evening routine? Um, I turn my, okay, so this, I will fully admit this has been very hard for me with the time difference because I miss my people and I want to talk to them and they're yeah. six hours behind me. But um, I don't use my cell phone past 11 o'clock at night. Ten o'clock is ideal. Eleven o'clock is like the for sure cutoff. I also walk at least three miles a day. This isn't an evening thing. Um, I'm very big on routines and rituals. I think that they they set you free. Um, I think discipline and self control are very critical. um, In like mindfulness and Mm -hmm. like having internal boundaries as well. So I have like a morning journaling thing. I have an evening. So specifically, my evening journaling thing is that. I write out three things that happened that day, whether it was to me or to somebody I know that show me proof that whatever I am like struggling to see exists. Wow. That is cool. I've never heard
0: anyone. I've never heard that one.
1: Yeah. That was a big one for me. I started doing that at the beginning of the year. And I mean, it's amazing what will come your way because our brains are programmed to only see what we believe. So it's like, show it proof, right? Like lie to it. If you have to <laughs> <laughs> lie to your brain, I, right. I, I, I preach on that. That's right. And I will say this, this is, this is also really important. And I, I really want to talk about it because this is something that everyone can do right now. And this is like big picture stuff. But one of the things that was really critical to me when I kind of started going through this was I and I didn't do this intentionally. In fact, I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, I'm just gonna try all these things and see what sticks. The very first thing that I did was I wrote down three like big picture adjectives about who and how I wanted to be. Mm. And I, I didn't they were big, right? Like, okay, I wrote down um, entrepreneurial, prolific and transcendent. And I like, I don't know where transcendent came from Kelsey, like that is not something that has like ever been on my radar, but it was in my head. And I was like, I'm gonna write it down. And so what I did then was I kind of went backward and I said like, well, okay, what qualities do I need to have if I want to really represent? Like, I knew these were things that I had at my core, but I wasn't representing them in the moment, right? And I knew it was going to take a little work to get to this place. So I was like, what are the qualities? What are the traits that go into someone who is prolific? Like, what does that mean, right? And so I said, okay, uh, I want to be resilient, right? Like, so I started looking at how can I be resilient? How do I build that? So again, like just picking three, three traits, like three character traits, how you want to be who you want to be and just focus on that, you know, and put it on your wall, whatever you need to do. But like, it's a really good starting place. It gives you an idea of kind of what you're working for.
0: Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Guys, for you listening, I hope that is extremely helpful and being able to you know shift out of whatever you're feeling stuck in right now. Kelsey, thank you so much. Joining yeah. us. really excited to talk to you. I love this. <laughs> yeah, me too. Kelsey, how can people find you and stalk you and connect with you?
1: <laughs> so, um, well I'm doing a lot of Instagram right now. I'm Kelsey dot furlong and, um, it's F U R L O N G and, um, same on Facebook. You can find me on there. I'm pretty easy to find or kelseyfurlong.com But Instagram is my, it's my uh, weapon of choice right now. So that's how I feel.
0: Instagram yeah. girls. <laughs> <laughs> that's my thing. I love that. I'm okay. Thank you so, so much guys. If you enjoyed this episode and you, you want Kelsey to come back on and talk more about reprogramming the brain, leave a review. Let us know. I'm going to be putting all of her information in the show notes so you can be able to just click and connect with her as well. And, um, for all of you listening, Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Joyfully You. And Kelsey, thank you so much for
1: joining us. Yeah, anytime. Thank you.